0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It was a manic Monday for the Oklahoma Sooners. We've got quarterback transfer portal news to talk about and coaching hires on the defensive side of the football as well. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at usatoday.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners. And thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We've got some crazy transfer portal quarterback stuff to talk about on today's episode and some coaching hires as well that we'll get to later in the show but first of all we got to talk about the elephant in the room and that's caleb williams has entered his name into the transfer portal yes yes usc fans who've been listening to the show you are right he is entering the transfer portal. You're not necessarily right yet that he's going to USC, but I got to give you some, some credit there. I know, listen, if you have listened to this show for much of the last year and a half that I've been hosting it, you know that I'm more of an optimistic sports fan. I kind of see the best uh, possible outcome generally for my sports teams. Sometimes that bites me in the butt because, of, because it leads to a little bit of naivety where as much as I wanted to believe that, Caleb Williams wanted wants to stay in Oklahoma. The reality is he committed to play for Caleb for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is no longer there. I I said on Friday's show that my confidence was waning in uh, Caleb Williams commitment to the Oklahoma Sooners. Now entering the transfer portal doesn't necessarily mean that he is leaving uh, it does mean that he's going to explore some options out there. And if he finds a better situation for him and his future pro prospects, then maybe he's going to go that way in a statement that he released on Twitter earlier today, uh, on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon, he said that he's looking for something that's going to prepare him for the next level. And I get that. That's, that's a, a prime, uh, thing. That's a very important thing for quarterbacks. Uh, in college especially the ones that are the the more talented ones the ones that are going to be the Heisman favorites that makes that makes sense and it's a, and it's an important um, aspect of where they want to play football and part of the reason he wanted to go to Oklahoma is because he thought it was going to get him to the next level there's a lot of examples of Oklahoma sending quarterbacks to the next level you've got Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, All guys that played at the next level. Landry Jones, even though he was never really a starter, had a long career as a backup quarterback in the NFL. And so there's a a long history of Oklahoma sending quarterbacks to the NFL. While Lincoln Riley was a big part of that, that stretched to before Lincoln Riley. You even saw Trevor Knight get some snaps at times as a backup, uh, at least in the preseason. He may never have landed anywhere, but he was I think he was drafted, if I remember right. But so this is not to say that you know Caleb Williams was, is wrong for entering the transfer portal. He's gonna he has every right to explore his options, just like uh, Joe Castiglione and Brent Venable said in their joint statement from the university Twitter account today. He does have every right to pursue other options because the the situation changed, the dynamic changed at Oklahoma, and he has an opportunity to explore other other situations and other possibilities. I get that he will probably look at USC as much as I hate that. I was talking to my wife earlier today and I said, if there's one place that I don't want him to end up at, it's at USC because I just feel like that would just be the, the straw that broke the camel's back at the same time. I would hate for him to be at Texas too. Although I think that that's a lot less likely. I think it's, it's just one of those situations where it's like all of this is transpiring because of the coaching change that occurred a month ago. And while we're all happy that Brent Venables is the head coach, we all all are excited for the future and we're looking forward to what he's going to do on the defensive side of the football. There's definitely been a ripple effect that's occurred because of Lincoln Riley's departure. And Caleb Williams is just another kind of wave in that ripple that has happened. I mean, whether he, I mean, he may or may not come back. Mm -hmm. He's leaving the possibility open. But it's, I think, you know, the other day on Friday, I said my confidence level that he was going to be back was like 60, 40. I probably would put it like 25% now that I, my confidence level that he's going to come back just because like, if you're entering the transfer portal, if you're looking at other options, it means you're not necessarily happy with what you've got. Like my, my buddy of mine, he said it really, really well. He's like, you don't, you don't, if you're in a happy marriage, you don't go looking for other options. And if Caleb Williams was really happy at Oklahoma and wanted to stay there, then there wouldn't be anything else to look at. But I mean, this is kind of the state that we're in, in college football, free agency. Now, you know, there's a, a, a lot of factors that are at play. There's, you know, playing time, there's talent level that he's going to be playing with. There's, I mean, he, I don't know if he really mentioned contending for a national championship is one of his priorities. Like, that's interesting to me. So like he could end up going to a place like USC, who's not going to contend for a national championship, but it could help raise his, his profile as it pertains to the NFL draft. He could end up going to a place like a North Carolina. There's stuff floating around on the internet that his girlfriend goes to North Carolina. And so I, for one, know that that women can be a very powerful motivator on where you end up living your life. I, you know, I'm a Texas guy. I lived in Texas, uh, group, I live in California. My family, we moved to Texas when I was 14. Lived in Texas uh, for 12 years after that. But my wife, who is an OU grad and was living in Oklahoma, got her first you know family practice job in a rural town in Oklahoma. And I told her, I said, wherever you end up, I'll move there because my job was a lot more transferable. So I moved there and the rest is history. I've lived in Oklahoma for m- probably the most, much of the last 10 11 years the, the only time i really haven't been living in oklahoma was about a year that i lived in texas year and a half that i lived in texas before about 4 years living in ethiopia 5 years living in ethiopia so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of motivating factors that are going to motivate a 20 year old kid and and it's understandable like hey if you know if my girlfriend was living on the east coast and in, in north carolina i'd have a hard time saying i wouldn't want to move out there too it, you know if my wife was out there that's probably where i'd want to be too so uh, you know, it, love is a very powerful motivator, and and if that's where his heart leads him, you know, so so be it. That's where his heart leads him. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. Like I, I know that there are going to be a lot of Oklahoma Sooner fans that are angry and upset about this, but it's just part of the reality of where college football is in this day and age. Is you know somebody who's happy today, you know, they're gone tomorrow. Someone who's with your team today, they're they're gone, and. I think it's something that the NCAA is going to have to start looking at with NIL becoming a much more prominent fixture in college sports. How is that affecting the transfer portal and recruiting and what kind of commitments can schools begin holding these players to like, yes, you, you know, there, there's going to be some free movement in the transfer portal, but it, with, you know, with these commitments, there has to be at least a a term length, like a term limit that goes into it. Like, And I think the same should be said for coaches. Like, if you're a coach that's under contract with a with a school or a team, like you got to be you got to be committed to it for a certain length of time. I don't like the fact that coaches can up and just move in the middle of a contract with you know with very with no penalty. You know, back in the day when players would have to sit out a year uh, to transfer, coaches could just up and move without any without having to sit out at all. Now the transfer portal is kind of even things out a little bit, but still the coaches can move freely, especially head coaches. We've seen tons of turnover uh, at head coaches at head coaching positions this year, uh, with Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly and Mario Cristobal. And so, yeah, it's it's just a weird dynamic that college football is in right now. And I mean, that's not even talking about the the state of the bowl system and the college football playoff system, but just the transfer portal and the NIL situation has just got things. Kind of all wacky right now, and I think schools are still trying to figure out where they they fall in all of it and how to manage and um, utilize all of it to to their advantage. And it, it's going to be really fascinating to see where Caleb Williams lands. Obviously, you know, US, uh, USC is going to be one of the favorites. Apparently, UCLA has already reached out, and Caleb Williams has you know expressed some reciprocal interest, according to a, a report. I already talked about UNC being a play hey, Georgia could also be a a possible destination. We know that Alabama, Ohio State are probably off the table because they got you know Bryce Young at uh, Alabama, CJ Stroud at Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame could be one of those situations. Although I I get the feeling that he'd probably want to play somewhere south of the Mason-Dixon line a little bit, just a little bit more warm weather where offenses can be a little bit more wide open. Um, But who knows? I mean, only Caleb Williams and his family know where he's going to end up. It still could be at Oklahoma, though, like I said, my confidence level in that is, has waned quite a bit. But on the other side of the break, let's talk about the newest addition to the Oklahoma Sooners quarterback room, uh, Dylan Gabriel. We'll talk about that after I tell you about GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up using the GetUpside app. Just download the GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0. $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0. $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpSide. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0. $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. For Amazon and other brands, just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE. I also want to talk to you about BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the bowls and the NFL playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. And back here on Lock On Sooners, we're going to talk about the quarterback addition through the transfer portal that the Oklahoma Sooners made on Monday evening. Uh, not long after Caleb Williams made his decision to enter the transfer portal, former UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel uh, announced that he was committed to the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, Gabriel had previously committed to the UCLA Bruins uh, after leaving the Golden Knights, and that was just a couple weeks ago. Now Gabriel will be with the Oklahoma Sooners, regardless of what happens with Caleb Williams. He's expected to be in Norman this spring. And I think that's a really good addition for the Oklahoma Sooners. This is a guy that averaged 300 yards passing per game for the Golden Knights over 26 starts. Now he only played three games in 2021 due to a shoulder injury. He broke his left capical for the Knights in the third game of the season. That's on his throwing shoulder. He's a lefty and so that, that definitely is something to be watching um, just based on pictures and images of it, he'll, He's going to be healthy uh, for the, you know, spring practice spring game 2021 season or sorry, 2022 season. It's 2022 now happy new year, everybody. Uh, but yeah, Gil- Dylan Gabriel, that's a great addition in the portal. Um, you know, if you look at the transfer quarterback portal rankings, he probably usually ranks around third or fourth uh, behind Spencer Rattler and then Caleb Williams, obviously in in the portal, is um is a significant name. It's a prominent name in the transfer portal now. But even even so, like this is a guy that's familiar with Jeff Levy. Had a great season for him in his freshman year under Levy, um, and the familiarity and the relationship that Levy and Gabriel have, I think will bode very very well for the Oklahoma Sooners. I think this is a guy that's going to be able to come in and not necessarily have the same production and same level of effectiveness as Caleb Williams, but he's going to be somebody who's going to be able to ha- run a controlled offense and and throw the ball really, really well. I mean, UCF's offenses were really good when Gabriel was the quarterback. And so I, I fully expect uh, him to, to be really good for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now that's obviously assuming that Caleb Williams is gone. Now, if Caleb Williams comes back, you'll have quite the quarterback competition though. I assume that Caleb Williams will, win that quarterback battle uh, for the Sooners. But it does create a a very interesting dynamic that if Williams does decide to stay, then you've got a guy like Gabriel that can help Williams acclimate to the offense. So you know when they're not practicing, they don't have as much time in the film room, in the quarterback room with Jeff Lebby, that Gabriel can kind of be the unofficial coach and the unofficial coordinator for, or quarterback's coach for uh, Caleb Williams and help him, get a get a read on what the offense is like and understand of, of how he, how Jeff Levy likes to run the offense. Um, I do think, you know, getting a guy like Gabriel brings back maybe a Marvin Mims, I think it helps to to keep a guy like that in play. Theo Weiss has already returned. So if you can keep those two guys as your starting wide receivers, I think that's huge for this offense moving forward because you got a guy like Gabriel who can get the ball downfield. He's a really good deep ball passer. Go look at pro football focus grades, and he is one of the better deep ball passers in in college football. And, And I think that's something that you really look forward to. Now, they'll have to figure out how to keep that a viable option because we saw teams take that away. This year, whether it was Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams throwing the football, teams were able to take away the deep passing game on a regular basis. But if they're able to figure out a way to keep that opened up as an option in the passing attack, then I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be able to take advantage of a lot of Big 12 defenses. Now, we've seen the Big 12 has really improved on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's Oklahoma State or Baylor. Or Iowa State. Shoot, even Kansas got better defensively this year. We know that Texas is going to rebound. They're not going to be a five and seven team again next year. And so that's something that that Levy and Gabriel will have to figure out is how do teams, how are teams trying to take away a guy like Marvin Mims, who, for all intents and purposes, should have had a thousand yard receiving season this year. But for some reason, Lincoln Riley just couldn't figure out how to get him the ball unless it was on a, a 40 yard target, which is one of the failures of Lincoln Riley's tenure is his inability to get Marvin Mims the, Mims the football this year. I mean, teams weren't triple teaming this guy, but he only, he didn't lead the team in receptions. It's kind of a travesty. This is your, one of your, this is your best wide receiver and you can't figure out how to get him, get him the football. So hopefully like Jeff Levy brings in some more of the kind of, short to intermediate passing game passing offense you kind of go back to Baylor though and he does run a lot of vertical stuff that's what RG3 was successful in that's kind of the Art Bryles offense is a lot of verts and it's very successful at the same time you've got to be really good on the ground and that's where Baylor that's where Ole Miss was really good is able to use the ground game to open up the deep passing game use the short to intermediate stuff to help open up the deep passing game and if they're able to do that Dylan Gabriel will be successful. I think the guy, I mean, you look all over social media and, and the guy is getting rave reviews from players, fans, you know, the, the current players, former players, everybody's excited about this addition. And whether Caleb Williams is around or not, you know, Dylan Gabriel has an opportunity to be at least an elite backup for this season and next. I mean, he's going to have three years of eligibility because of the COVID year. And then he's probably going to get an injury waiver from 2021 that gives them an extra year of eligibility so even if Caleb Williams sticks around for two more years then you're going to get Dylan Gabriel the year after that possibly I mean this is all theoretically and if they do get him on the field at whatever point they get him on the field they're going to get a really really good quarterback Um, I'm not going to sit here and say he's as good as Caleb Williams or he's better than Caleb Williams but I think that he's going to be capable enough he's going to be good enough for this offense to stay afloat and contend and get this team back into uh, the Big 12 championship picture, the college football playoff picture, if they're able to figure out some things on the defensive side of the football, because that's going to be one of the big questions going into this off is what they do on that side of the ball. But coming up next, let's talk about a couple coaching hires that the Oklahoma Sooners made on Monday as well. This is kind of the story that kind of fell uh, to the wayside a little bit um, with the quarterback transfer news, uh, but we'll talk about that after I tell you about Netsuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow in all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. and For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com locked. So head to NetSuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's NetSuite.com All right, the Oklahoma Sooners continue to fill out their defensive uh, assistant coaching staff uh, on Monday with two new hires. You got Todd Bates, the defensive tackles coach from the Clemson Tigers, who will be the defensive tackles coach, but also gets a bit of a promotion to co-defensive coordinator, along with Ted Roof uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. And then you have Jay Valai the defensive backs coach. Uh, he's going to be the cornerbacks coach rather uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. Most recently, he was with the Alabama Crimson Tide. First, let's talk about Todd Bates. This is a guy with some legit bona fides. He's got defensive starters in the NFL. Uh, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Cleland Farrell. These guys are legit players. You look at uh, Wilkins and Lawrence in particular, and those guys are, are having really good careers so far. They're solid, solid NFL players. And they were great. I mean, they were All-American players at Clemson and big parts of why they, the Tigers were able to win national championships. And so getting a guy like that who's able to recruit and develop defensive tackles is going to be huge for the Oklahoma Sooners because we know that on Winfrey is gone. You've got some young guys in Isaiah Coe and Joshua Ellison and Jordan Kelly that you like and you hope they can can develop. you got some guys coming in, Ahmad Moten and um, – Alton Tarber that you really like and, and you think could be really disruptive players on the interior. And you've still got a guy like a Jalen Redmond who has had some really good seasons for the Oklahoma Sooners so far was a bit injury played in 2021, but still has a ton of potential. A guy that could be one of the best defensive tackles that Oklahoma has ever had because of his ability to penetrate his pass rush, pass rush ability and his ability to play the run, he's just a really really good player. He just hasn't really put it all together just yet. Um, you know, led the Oklahoma Sooners in sacks just a couple of years ago, and so I'm I'm very high on Jalen Redmond as most people are. That's that's not a hot take at all. Um, but getting a guy that maybe could help develop him and take him to the next level be huge. And then you you look at a guy like Jay Valai. Now this is one is a little bit more interesting to me because it kind of runs counterintuitive to who Brent Venables is in that Brent Venables has had like three coaching jobs in his entire career, now four, but he's only been three places. He was at Kansas state under Bill Snyder. Then he was at Oklahoma under Bob Stoops. Then he was at Clemson under Dabo Sweeney. And now he's back at Oklahoma as the head coach. When you look at a guy like Jay Valai and just in the last year, he's had four jobs. So he was, At the end of last, at the end of the 2020 season, he was the cornerbacks coach at Texas. uh, Left there, went to the Houston Cougars. So Texas made their big coaching change. Moved on from Tom Herman, which meant a lot of the coaching, you know, staff wasn't retained. So he went on to to Houston. Wasn't there, but like 12 days, and then went to the Philadelphia Eagles. Wasn't there, but like 10 or 11 days, and then ended up at Alabama. Was at Alabama for just a year. Uh, prior to his stint at Texas, he was with, uh, he'd been at Rutgers. He's been in the NFL with the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, he'd been, uh, there was one other place I, I can't, Oh, he had been at Georgia for a couple years as a quality uh, control assistant. Uh, and so like he's, he's been a lot of different places in a really short period of time. He kind of has my honestly has my, uh, my moving track record where, you know, we've only been, we've only lived, places like two years uh, in the same house as much as two years at any spot over the last 10 years so uh, can't really speak I'm not going to judge too much but it is interesting that he hasn't been able to latch on somewhere uh, in his time yet now hopefully this is the place that that happens he's a very very well respected name in college football a lot of people think he's a great recruiter Uh, wasn't able to land uh, some guys in this in this latest cycle but uh, that he was in competition with, you know, like Beaumont Jackson, who ended up going to USC instead of Alabama. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that one turns out. I'm not going to completely poo-poo it because, I mean, we look at a guy like Brent Venables and every single hire he's made has been one that's been a grand slam. It's gotten rave reviews. And Jay Valai, you know, people talk about him and people love him. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, it's not a good hire because most people you, you look at and everybody loves this hire. But it's something that you definitely look at and you do have a few questions about because just he hasn't been in one place for very long. He hasn't been able to to get a recruiting class, get them in the program, develop them, and either get them to the NFL or, or get them graduated. And so like you what what's the track record really like? Um, You know, he's, he's had some secondaries that played good football whether you know, whether it was the Kansas city chiefs, whether it was the Georgia bulldogs, he was with them in 2017 when they beat the Oklahoma Sooners. And so I just, I do wonder like, what's his ability to, to land recruits, develop them into potential pros or guys that end up being, you know, two, three year starters before they graduate. That's going to be the thing to watch because you do have some really, you know, highly thought of, cornerbacks and and coming into the program uh, this next year what's he going to do with them is he going to be able to take a guy like woody washington and dj graham and help them reach the next level a guy like latrell mccutcheon is he going to help develop him to be a better player than he already is it remains to be seen but again like i said brent venables he's done a great job putting this staff together he's had a vision for this staff and i think it's going to be a staff that that does really really well and it and it's going to be a group that pays off Uh, with an improved Oklahoma Sooners defense down the road. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Again, you can go to YouTube, subscribe to the show over there, give us a like, leave us a uh, comment in the comment section, and hit the notification bell. To be reminded when there are new episodes, go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every podcast platform. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Also go to the Sooners Wire to read some of my work over there. But until tomorrow, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.